Hello and welcome back to the Multiversity Manga Club. We're in the uh, second installment for December, which means it's time to talk about our book club pick, which is Pokemon Adventures Black and White. This is uh, written by Hidenori Kusaka and illustrated by Satoshi Yamamoto. Um, Pokemon Adventures was actually the very first thing we covered um, as a podcast once we switched over from before the Multiversity Manga Club was a column that Zach did. Um, and so when we previously covered it, there was a different artist uh, by the name of Mato. Um, but through, since it was, you know, covering the adventures of Red and Blue through to now, um, it's been written by Hidenori Kusaka, which is kind of interesting with this kind of um, spin-off type of thing yeah. for about like for over 20 years at this point to have a single person kind of steering that ship. Um, you know, there's almost a case to be made that Kusaka, um, even though the manga kind of spins off of the games itself, there's certainly like a level of continuity. Kusaka, yeah. Continuity. That's the word for it. Of course, as we admitted last time, when we said we picked this, a major part of picking this was we were all just hyped about Pokemon because Sword and Shield came out. We're yeah. recording this in early December, um, though it's not hitting your ears until in the middle of the month. But so at this point, most of us have finished it. Most of us. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't beaten it yet. I'm about two thirds of the way through. I just got the. Oh gosh, what was the last badge I got? I think it was. Oh, fairy badge. That's right. At Balan Lee. Yeah. So I beat Opal, who was delightful. She she um, is definitely She is delightful. The gym leaders in this one are good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think. yeah. There, there's they... definitely been like a lot of controversy surrounding the game, and I I don't think the criticisms are without merit, or at least most of them. Some of them like are kind of getting snuck in under the veneer of like well, not veneer, but just like add additional things. That's like, well, who really cares about that? Yeah, there's there's some truly like tinfoil hat stuff out there about how I saw at least one Reddit post that talked about how remember when we thought we could go visit Kalos, we were going to be able to visit Kalos <laughs> in this region, or sorry, in this generation, and everyone replying like got some kind of like brainworm or something and they were like yeah yeah they're totally insane that we don't get to visit Kalos. like when has this ever been a thing except in gen 2 right yeah <laughs> that's which, just insane it's that's, been that's a, like, i think it's been a like a, an expected thing every generation since then even though it's literally it's, it's right. never happened since it's then. not gonna yeah exactly it's not gonna happen and it's gonna kill the developers and programmers even more than what they're already doing under their right severe crunch of having to have a game out every right few because, years. because a pokemon game by the very nature of the merchandise cycle it cannot be delayed right so um, i think we're kind of in a weird situation with it now where like the decks the decks being kind of incomplete every game is maybe going to be a permanent thing and also i think it could also be like game balance reasons for the competitive scene so that not all of the same pokemon are always kind of dominating we know a little bit too much about the competitive scene, yeah. even though we yeah. both don't play it very much. Well, but... there, there are a lot of like big overused competitive 
Pokemon that were taken mm-hmm. out of this game. So I, I have to think that that is a part of it. Though, so it, get... if that was the case, why the hell did they keep Aegislash in there? Well, I, is... I, I, there, there were a lot, but, the, the, you know, yeah, Aegislash is one, Ferrothorn, Top, Topapex, those are um, some big, big leftover. And, and, and you know, also, you know, why, why remove Pursuit, but... Yeah, that that is a weird one. I think uh, I think the removing of moves was mostly overblown because most of it's like I, ah, I'm, I'm yeah, not using this shit. I honestly haven't noticed. But yet. pursuit does have a big impact on the um, meta game. Yeah, yeah, because it's like an extra layer of prediction, right? Which is or, cool. Yeah, because the whole what what makes the competitive uh, battling fun is the whole mind game aspect of it. So by removing that, you're removing one element of mind games. Yeah. 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 Although I, I don't know, I don't know how you much you guys have started looking into like the competitive scene for Sword and Shield yet. A um, little bit, not a lot. Not really. There, there's some interesting new things. Um, some, I, it, it's, I think it's definitely going to be a lot of fun both from like an accessibility standpoint and also just like you know just the strategy aspect of it i think is still going to be there um i think this may end up being one of the like most satisfying games for competitive in some ways but Mm -hmm. i just in my opinion yeah i can see that but you know who knows the game's been out for like two weeks so (laughs) yeah right so we don't really even have it have the competitive scene shaken out yet right but another thing they did add which was huge is those heavy duty boots which is a held item that negates i think all entry hazards yeah Mm -hmm. so even pokemon that don't have feet it's just cute to think about like coughing or something wearing (laughs) wearing wearing boots boots. (laughs) (laughs) i guess it hooks to one of those little like what do you even call it? like the holes but they have like kind geyser. of like a little mountaintop what's it geyser uh, little the holes on, on... yeah the stacks yeah oh no sorry i was thinking of just like regular coughing but oh, yeah wheezing. i thought you or i, I thought you, yeah 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 gallery and wheezing yeah i guess he'd have to wear them on the smokestacks but then he'd get all the smoke would go into him that's not good well the smoke but does anyway. get in your eyes <laughs> yeah so it's good so far. I mean, yeah, I, I I, mean, not to spend a whole lot of time talking about it, but yeah, I mean, there's some things that are definitely true about some of the complaints about it maybe not being worth $60 at this point, um, though I think Game Freak just assumes that because it's Pokemon, they can kind of sneak it in there and be like, yeah, this doesn't have, this, the graphical upgrade isn't that significant from Sun and Moon, so um not at all (laughs) yeah not really at all and i mean that's fine like i mean just personally i don't really care what pokemon games look like that much but i mean yeah for 60 dollars, it's maybe not worth yeah they they may not even have any say in that right right yeah oh yeah yeah nintendo probably is like okay this is what we're gonna charge for this right yeah and certainly i mean i wish i wish they could have kept all the pokemon in but i sort of get it from just a time perspective and just workload. I mean, there's almost a thousand Pokemon now. It's kind of unrealistic to think that they could keep that up forever. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. But it's still, yeah, it's still good. I mean, despite, you know, some of the complaints about it being a little too easy and everything. But, I mean, I've kind of been playing it in a way that 
it has been challenging enough. Like, I haven't completely steamrolled gyms yet. But, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of playing it so that so that I have a pretty evenly distributed, uh, like, as far as experience goes, like, an evenly distributed team. And so that I'm not, like, super overleveled for the for the gyms. I, I actually yeah. think these games have maybe the hardest thing that it have ever been in a game, and that's the raids. Um, mm. Especially, like, once you get to the five-star raids. Mm. I still haven't really participated in those. Maybe See, I'll like them. I've spent probably, like, at least half my playtime doing raids. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I think it on its face, I think it's a great addition because I think... I think they've kind of done about as much as they can do with um, like competitive 1v1 stuff right. um, in terms of like system overhauls. They, I don't think they can refine it more beyond like adding new items, new moves and so on and so forth. Um, I do think that like a major problem that the series has had since five is that there's always like, you know, the new gimmick, which doesn't really like it feels like something that is separate and tacked onto an already good hole. Yeah. Um, whereas I think there's a lot of room to explore when it comes to like cooperative. Yeah. Play. PVE stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I'm kind of interested in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But as Emily said, <laughs> we can't spend the whole time talking about the game. We got to yeah. talk about the manga. That was why we picked it. No, it was quite good, actually. Um, yeah. So, Pokemon Adventures, as we said, we are specifically doing the uh, black and white um, volumes. Um, I guess in the grand scheme of things, it's like volumes 43 or something like that. But at least here in the U.S., the way that they're published and collected, they kind of treat each new, um, basically each game tie-in as yeah. a new series. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so... we. I thought this would be an interesting choice because Pokemon Black and White are pretty much universally considered to have the best story. In the series, yeah. Yeah. As far as they go. Uh, Of all video games. Of all video games, yeah. (laughs) It really is the best story you're ever going to find. I mean, forget God of War. Better even than books. Um, Better than Moby Dick. Better than... I've heard some even say, you know, better than War and Peace. Things like that. Some have said... (laughs) Um, so, and it's also because it, it, uh, and I'm, I think I'm stealing a phrase that Emily, um, used, but it's, it's like kind of examining the one issue that is present in Pokemon. Yeah. The ethical question of like, you know, should we be doing this? Like, you know. The one ethical question is, should we catch Pokemon? Right. And make them fight. I mean, people use the dog fighting kind of analogy and I think. I don't know. I mean, it's a fictional world. Like, at the end of the day, nothing's really being hurt. Obviously, in real life, Pokemon would be wrong. It would just be wrong to catch things that catch monsters, I guess, mm-hmm. and make them fight. I mean, I don't care if they like fighting. You're still, like, hurting them and making them, making them, I guess, faint. So it's basically like boxing matches right. with, with uh, these monsters you can catch. I mean, I know the in-game fiction tells you that they like fighting and uh, people have bonds with their pokemon but really if you think about it i mean n is right uh, yes yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. <messed> up. um 
I'm just gonna go ahead and throw throw this out there um, because I almost let it I almost let it out when we were talking before the show, but um, I guess it's been it's been a long time since I've played Black and White. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I guess like since it originally came out in 2010, um, and I wasn't really thinking about things on this level yet. But um, having <laughs> just level. played this level, yeah, um, <laughs> having played just played Sword and Shield and kind of go you know going through its storyline. And comparing it with this one, it really makes me wonder. <laughs> Game Freak doesn't seem to have a very positive view of progressive politics. <laughs> <laughs> well, perhaps we, not. Maybe we won't get too into that. <laughs> yeah, but... that goes a bit too, you know, not I mean, to drill back on um, Sword and Shield too much, but that, that is kind of like a uh, anti-Green New Deal propaganda, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm not crazy. I, I, I'm not at that part yet, but yeah. but Walter said something to me, and I was like, "Excuse me, what? I was not. I, I did not expect that. I mean, I know the story has something to do with like uh, power generated by those power spots or whatever, yeah. or just something in the Galar region, because I guess it's supposed to be like Britain's coal mines that they have, right? Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's the. I guess wherever there's coal, you can Dynamax. That's just my thought, basically. But, so yeah one of the things that i one of the first things i wanted to talk about when it came to this is so as we said black and white widely considered to have one of the best stories in the series and probably about as interesting as a mainline pokemon game can be that's Um, that's absolutely true yeah now the one thing that black and white is lacking in by design is that the main character just like every other character in every other Pokemon game, or every other playable main character, um, is a Tabula Rasa. You know, there, there's at most you can maybe get like the impression that they're kind of stoic. Um, Black in in, oh. in the game. Oh, in the game. In the game. Yeah, yeah. No, they they're so, they're, a, they're a silent protagonist. Right. They're they're as much characterization as there is. It can maybe constrained to that kind of like how the character of red in the games has come to later be characterized um you know a silent stoic figure well it was cool in gold and silver when you fight him in the cave which yeah i mentioned i was like is, is red okay why is he just why is he just kind of a <laughs> hermit cool. in a cave now and when you fight him i think famously it's just dot 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 yeah. dot 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 so that is kind of the thing that i was most interested in coming into this is that, okay, they already have a rich story to work from. Mm-hmm. Um, and as as we saw with Red and Blue, um, they tend to hew closely towards the game's progression. Obviously, in the case of Red and Blue, um, they added in a lot more plot because Red and Blue were lacking in that field. They um, had no plot. Pretty much. <laughs> um, so what are they going to do about Black? And so... In some ways, I mean, yeah, he's got to be that obligatory. This is, in the end, this is a shonen series. It he's got to be the hot-blooded boys. guy. He's yeah, he's hot-blooded, um, and I feel in some ways, in some ways, like there's no real issue with that because, yeah, as I said, Tabula Rasa, silent protagonist in the game. There's really no characteristics no. that it's really conflicting with, but it it does feel like I, I like Black in 
Pokemon Adventures, but it does feel like a little bit of a cognitive dissonance. Like, what other personality should we give him? I kind of wished he was a little bit more calm or something. I, I kind of expected that because I thought that black and white... One thing I remember from when they were first being marketed is like your protagonists are a little bit older than the average Pokemon trainer. And so, I mean, we're not talking like 20, we're talking like maybe 15, 16, but still, I mean, you know, we don't need everybody to act like Ash all the time. Right. It was fine, but yeah. And it's kind of interesting with that in what, it didn't bother me so much in Red and Blue because there you have the same issue and like, yeah, canonically in the games... Red is like a kind of stoic character, but the character of Red kind of becomes mixed in our perception of Red, the video game character, and Ash, the anime right. character. So it didn't really Ash bother. Ash is Red. Right. So it didn't really bother yeah. me as much when reading uh, the Red and Blue chapters of I mean, I Adventures. Belie- yeah, I mean, I believe one of the one of the default names for Red and Blue that came out in the in the States was Ash. Right. And one of the default names for Blue is Gary. Right. I think that so, was partially, I think that was like planned though. Right. It was planned with yeah. the, it was planned with the, um, with the anime release here. Right. Yeah. And I, and I actually think like since the games have gone on, they've maybe like hewed against that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yes. Just with like subsequent appearances of, of Red and Blue, the characters, um, but yeah, he, I mean, yeah, Black, he just wants to be the very best. Yeah, actually, you know. I, well, there was, there is a really weird plot point in this comic that I'm sure you guys are thinking about. Yes. Uh, I mean, like, the one of, I guess, the more memorable things of... Is it the thing that happens literally every chapter yeah. and that they have <laughs> yeah. to explain it to whoever the newest character is? Yeah, that got a little annoying. So Black's... <laughs> I guess unique character trait is that he has this Mana, right? So Mana is this Pokemon that I guess it's a psychic type and it can eat dreams. So it is the dream Pokemon. The dream, the dreaming Pokemon. I forget what its like little title is, but yeah, something like that. Do you guys remember that mechanic in Black and White? The whole like dream, <laughs> the dream radar. Yeah, I didn't yeah. do it too much. Yeah, it was weird. I, yeah. I put my uh, my um. God, what's the what's earliest it? version of Stoutland? Um, no. Lillipup. I put my Lillipup to sleep and forgot to wake it up. <laughs> no, no. Lillipup is still asleep in the cloud <laughs> somewhere. Anyway, so Black... So Black is mind. The, the manga tells you Black's mind is full of dreams of becoming the champion. That's all he thinks about. Literally. It's everything. It's his one just thought. just fills his mind. We get a literal like, look in his mind at one point. And, and it's it just, just says like, Pokemon champion, Pokemon champion. <laughs> Which is and, kind of funny. Yeah, it is kind of funny. And at first I thought it was like maybe sort of a little bit of a sort of uh, tongue-in-cheek poking fun at this whole thing sort of thing. And I, 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 think, I think it, it is. is yeah. It is kind of, it's also kind of playing it straight. But anyway, so what happens when they have a problem, when they have to solve some sort of mystery, uh, Black puts Mana on his head. Mana eats his dream. Uh, but don't worry, it comes back because he cannot, literally cannot stop thinking about it, even when he has his mind erased by Pokemon. It's just a way of clearing his he, mind. So he clears his mind and then he becomes like Sherlock Holmes, basically, and <laughs> can solve any mystery. <laughs> so it's, that's, a, it's a weird little angle. That's a conceit. <laughs> little, because, yeah, the, the, that's like nothing in the game itself. No, that's you don't, completely... You don't, you don't really solve many mysteries in the game to begin with. There's like no mystery solving in the games. You just kind of stumble across things. Only, and... only in Black Two and White Two, the mystery of Hugh stole Hughes. Um, 
purloin. Purloin. Her sister's cares. Um, but it's fun. I I actually really did like that part. Um, conceptually and especially visually, I thought the way that it was, um, yeah, portrayed every time was really fun and interesting. It was cute. I thought. They use that like kind of like hexagonal yeah. kind of overlay, which I think is a, I, I'm assuming is like supposed to be a reference to the Sea Gear or whatever it was called in Black oh, and White. Oh, really? You think so? Oh, because because that had like a hexagonal pattern to it as well. Interesting. Yeah, there is a lot of like fun overlap with um, concepts from the games, like particularly I think with like the dreaming stuff, and then also the 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 like transceiver thing i can't whatever wasn't x transceiver wasn't the dream wasn't the dream thing like an ar sort of like augmented reality game well that was a different thing that was a thing there was also like a website that that like yeah you could like play like mini games on the global link using pokemon that you had put to sleep in yeah it was too much for me i was like Yeah, I, I just I was like, I want to play the game. I just want to play the game. If I can connect to the internet in the game, fine. But like at that point, it wasn't as like right. well, I guess established as it would become with like Not X. At uh, all. Sorry, yeah. with X and Y. Yeah. So we actually do meet the people that are studying dreams in Black and White. Right. You meet Fennel mm-hmm. and Amanita. I think their names are. Yeah. 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 Not very important, but it's interesting. Yeah, as we mentioned, uh, adventures hues to the story of the games more closely. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like the anime. It's been so long since I've watched it, but at least last last I remember of it, it kind of uses the plot of the games as a very loose storytelling and, framing. Um, uh, there's some like weird stuff early on where they actually do go by the games a little bit more. Like they go by levels. They talk about Pokemon's levels very early on in Pokemon. I, I know this because I've seen the first like 40 episodes of Pokemon anime probably more than anyone should have just since I've been like, just since I was like, you know, like 10 watching it. But I remember like, you know, they, they used to talk about like, oh, you know, my, my Cubone is level 30. Or something, and they stopped doing that like right. pretty early on because it's like that doesn't make any sense in real life. How, how would you know what level your Cubone is? So, <laughs> so um, Kusaka cues more closely both to that and both to like the plot of the games um, when they have one, um, but also like yeah, there's the idea of like we know the levels that. The, po- the levels of the Pokemon that mm-hmm. the trainers have. There's mentioning, you know, like, oh, they can only have four moves, which I want to say they actually did implement in the anime as well, eventually. Uh, they, they kind of brought that. I think so, actually, yeah. Because I, I watched a little bit of X and Y and a little bit of Sun and Moon, and I think it was in X and Y it, like, made note of, like, replacing a move for another move or something mm. like yeah, that. Yeah, because I, re- I remember, like, seeing offhandedly, like, something about, like, what does ash's pikachu currently know yeah i think they made that standard standard after a certain time but before that i think they like kind of tried to at least adhere to it without really saying like oh pikachu can only know four moves right yeah so yeah i think i think this like even referenced like uh like accuracy of moves and and things you know like hypnosis is only you know a certain percentage accurate or which is like very game mechanic yeah yeah it was a little bit the the thing that like of course if you just hewed purely to the game 
rules in terms of combat. It wouldn't make for a good comic. So I think the interesting thing that Kusaka does um, when those rules are broken or bent, it's always through the Pokedex. And yeah. Kusaki uses the actual, I, I'm pretty certain, these are the actual Pokedex entries from the various games. Mm-hmm. And so Kusaka uses those to kind of bend the rules. Like you were talking about the accuracy of hypnosis. Um, and this is like a fight that um, Black. Black is having with uh, Lenora. What, Lenora, that's it. Uh, with Lenora and her stout one. And it's like, you know, why does it keep missing? You know, I know it's only like, you know, 80% accurate or something like 60%. that. 60%. But it should it should have uh, hit by now. And it's like, oh, well, you see in the Pokedex, like, you know, if we look back at like Lillipup, Lillipup's like whiskers can make it more sensitive and, and yeah. it can like detect these things. So it's more... So the rules are of the game are broken, but there's usually in the same way by using the Pokedex, that's still like a justification from the game. It's a justification that is not present in the game play, but yeah. it's still operating within the realm, within the reality that is created by the games themselves in a sense. Right. So I think that's pretty interesting. Um, yeah, and it's almost never kind of how you would do in the games. Like, no. I mean, obviously what I would do if I was playing against, I guess, Lenora would be like, oh, well... I would um, use my level are... 53 Bravier. <laughs> it is very powerful <laughs> my, for that. My fighting type, you know, I would just use my sock or my throw. I don't actually know if you can get them by that point. But at any rate... You can't get Bravier either. No, but we're going by, <laughs> we're going by the... The manga, which is a little different. It is interesting also that they sort of had, it sort of seemed to imply that like, because Black starts out with a couple Pokemon before he even gets quote unquote the starters of right. Black and White before he gets a chance. So he gets, he starts with a Mana and a Braviary. And I think it's all he has. And then he eventually gets a Tepig and a Galantula. Yeah. But it's implied that he's been, like, raising these Pokemon kind of in secret and just, like, fighting them in his backyard, which, like, kind of sounds like a more realistic kind of fun thing that kids might do like you know you right. catch you catch i caught a rufflet in my backyard and i've been making it fight my mana for five years and so now it's a braviary but it hasn't really fought anybody in a trader battle it's just been fighting with my other pokemon i kind of like that yeah. yeah i liked that too yeah. it it kind of gave him a little bit more like flavor than just you know the generic uh protagonist kid who gets his starter um, right yeah i like I, that yeah, too. i like that a lot and and I do think one of the one of the other things that I liked about the character of Black is that while he is like you know kind of the brash, excitable um, shonen hero, he's also a nerd. Um, yeah. He, he spent like you know all this time at the library. Yeah. He studies a lot. Um, he's kind of he's more like a Deku character, just not as much of a crybaby. Yeah, I actually thought about that. Yeah, because he he names his Pokemon it, not Tepig, but his other Pokemon. He nicknames them based on what they eventually evolve into. Which is what we all do. Yeah, which is like, I was like, that's what I do too. And I look up what you're good. That's what I did before Sword and Shield. I was like, I'm going to look at the final evolution to see if I like it <laughs> before I before I choose a starter and everything. And I don't, I don't think he actually did that with Tepig. He just chose Tepig because um, I forget exactly what happened, but I think Tepig proved his, his worth to some degree. And like, that was the first time I think we saw Black use Mana, yeah. the Dream Eater thing. So, yeah, I mean, there's some like... There's some sort of, uh, I don't know if I call it world building, but like characterization stuff that's kind of interesting and more than you get in the games. Yeah. Like in N, 
I'm sorry. I just have to talk about how funny it is that on the cover N is crying. Like <laughs> and, and N cries and a lot crying about a lot. Pokemon. <laughs> I, it's not okay. It's not. It, it is kind of funny. It's funny. But like, it, <laughs> I was like, wait, is that is N crying? And then I think in the very first panel you see him, you see he's crying and, th- and saying something like, "Once again, people are hurting Pokemon <laughs> for their own, their own, um, you know, goals." So. Likewise with. Uh... You know, we've talked about black. I wanted to also mention uh, the other, mm. I guess, you, hard to say whether she's equally a main character or maybe a, a little bit more secondary, but still probably the other protagonist is, of course, white. Yeah. Um, continuing the trend of naming the characters after the games that they're from, of course. Um, and white is... So first of all, this is kind of an interesting situation where... You know, with the previous generations, um, you know, you had red and blue. Um, and so you had the character red, the character blue. And then a even though you couldn't at the time that the game was out, um, you couldn't like have a female character. But the, there was green who was, you know, a female trainer. Green was shown in some sort of promotional stuff right, sometimes. Right. Yeah. Um Likewise, and, and so they each, um, it was red had Bulbasaur, blue had Charmander, green had uh, Squirtle. Squirtle. Likewise, when you got to gold, silver, and crystal, um, you know, you could have gold, silver as the in-game rival stand-in, crystal as the girl protagonist. Yep. So, again, three folks who the three different starters go to. Black and white have your two rivals of Charon and Bianca. Um, so in that case, black has Tepig, Charon has Charon has uh, Snivy, Snivy yeah. um, and Bianca has Oshawott. Um, so interestingly, both black and white have their own Tepigs. Um, yes. Rather than since white the female protagonist does not fit into like kind of the trio setup that we've had for other narratives other games um she has her own and kind of an interesting little difference between her i mean it's also kind of like well okay it's the girl character (laughs) so it feels maybe a little a little sexist i guess but not awful but a little uh, well but they is, did have they did have movie making in black two. Yes. well i guess it was black two white too but at any rate yeah, so um, yeah white white is she has a talent agency for pokemon um so she has actor pokemon so she's yeah. like basically a her tepig is like a star her, she has a girl tepig that is like a star in like pokemon soap operas it's right. pretty funny the days of our Pokemon. The days of our Pokemon. Or is it the Pokemon of our lives? Something no, it's like the that. days of our Pokemon. Okay. Which, I, yeah, obviously, like, days of our lives. Yeah. Um, and she does not battle. Um, the bold and the beautifully. <laughs> I'm sure, I actually think that might have been, like, a Pokemon episode name. But yeah, anyway, probably. Like, anyway. Yeah, so she doesn't actually know how to battle. There's certain... There are there are actually, you know, professions in the Pokemon world that involve Pokemon but don't involve battling. So ever since I think was it Gen which which gen introduced contests? Uh, three? three. Gen three? Yeah. Pretty yeah, yeah, so, so contests think, are yeah. yeah. Contests are basically like dog shows. <laughs> like 
right? Yeah. Basically. You just kind of like make them do cute stuff. And I never thought the contests were super fun, but it was nice that they showed different things you could do with Pokemon that wasn't, let's beat the Pokemon up. Right. Perhaps in the grand scheme of the Pokemon world, like us trainers are degenerates. <laughs> we're all just dog fighting and like no one really cares. Yeah, I feel like every I feel like every new mechanic they add, like you know, they added the breeders, which um, kind of you know you had more characters. I think in the manga and the anime who were like, yeah, I don't I don't train or fight them. I just I just breed. Um, or then you yeah. have like the the competitions or the what what were they called the contests contests yeah the yeah. contests um yeah and then, yeah man i completely forgot about the movie making even being a thing oh that sucked it was kind of it's bad. not very good i I, uh-huh. I appreciate the attempt i guess and and contests it's clearly I never... a lot of work went into it yeah too. because there were like different plots you could do i remember the one i tried to do it was like it was, it was like an alien takeover or something what was it so there's like the water gym leader from black and white is like a movie star and he like plays a superhero or something oh yeah it was it was fairly cute but it just wasn't very fun i think they just have to try to make it as fun as pokemon battling Hmm. (laughs) which like i guess it sounds kind of bad it's like make it as fun as when you try to knock them out (laughs) we try to knock out like clefairy and pikachu but so i'm sure i'm sure an important plot moment just you know being you know genre savvy and all that i'm sure an important plot moment at some point, we'll be white having to fight. battle. Um, yeah. But that didn't happen yet in anything that we read. Yeah. I guess, do we want to talk about N's whole deal? Because that's like kind of the race yeah, on Dytra of black and white. Sure. Yeah, so N is weird because, and he pretty much is exactly as he was in the games, which is that N, interestingly, this is the first time this has happened. N is sort of, the only interesting Pokemon character, maybe? Probably. Like, as far as having an interesting arc, I guess. N sort of uses teams of Pokemon caught in the area where you fight him. So he doesn't really catch them so much. They, as he just they kind like, of... flock to him like a Disney princess. Yeah, he's like a Disney princess, basically. And he has them fight for him because I think he realizes... He, he himself does not believe Pokemon should be captured and used for fighting. Right. He thinks they should all be liberated, but he kind of also uses them. Otherwise, like, how else? You can't really interact antagonistically with anyone in Pokemon except Pokemon Battles. Right. They haven't introduced, like, Gun. P- punching fights like Metal Gear Solid or anything yet. So, so yeah, you have to fight. Yeah, Gun. You have to, you have to fight using Pokemon. So his whole thing is that he'll just catch that or he'll attract, I guess, or charm yeah. stuff in that area and fight you with them. And also cry while doing it, which is what he does in the manga. And yeah, his whole thing, he's, I don't know if we really want to spoil like the plot. I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter. I mean, it's the plot for like a 10 year old game at this point. Yeah. And it's also for like little kids, but uh, (laughs) he's basically, they call him the king of Team Plasma. So he's, he kind of think he's like the leader for a while, but really he's just being used by Gatesis, who is the real bad guy of the game. Who has, who of course, his not his interest in liberating Pokemon is not altruistic. It's just that he wants to use those Pokemon, catch them, and you know steal steal them. Basically, am I right about that? Or they they also <laughs> want to resurrect. Lines, they want to yeah. resurrect the legendaries. I think they want to. But I think that's more of a thing in the manga mm. than it is in the game. I forget. Okay. I actually completely forget <laughs> what role Reshiram and Zekrom play into the plot of Black and White beyond them like being. <laughs> 
like the Pokemon that were used you, by the heroes of old or something. You like catch that. them, you catch them at the end of Black and White, right. and then you fight Gatesis, which is a really good fight. It's yeah. one of my favorite final fights. It's really hard. And he has a really good team. But yeah, I think you catch it before and then you can use it in the fight. Yeah. But even using Sekiram or Reshiram there doesn't necessarily guarantee you win. But at any rate, we're talking about the <laughs> the manga. So yeah, I mean, my thing with End's message is like, I talked a little about a little about this before the start of the show, is that Pokemon is never going to actually tell you hey, catching Pokemon might be wrong, and then never, like, sort of amend that. At least not in, like, a main right. game. Yeah, like, so what happens in black and white is, like, you think, like, hmm, yeah, maybe catching Pokemon is wrong. And in the manga, they actually, you actually see trainers start to release their Pokemon. And... Yeah, I think I think in the games there might have been, like, some incidental dialogue. If you, like, if you just, like, talk to, like, yeah. an NPC or something, I might have said, yeah, oh, they are right, I let my... Uh... Let my pat rat go. Right. You know, and things like that. And... Yeah, Pokemon, like I said, Pokemon is never going to tell you, like, hey, this might not be right, because that kind of goes against their whole business model. I mean, that like, why do they exist? It's like, hey, what we're doing is actually really bad. Oh, man, I would love just passivist Pokemon (laughs) game. Yeah. Let's do it. That's Pokemon Snap. Yeah, we can maybe have, like, there could maybe be, like, a spinoff game of some some sort that, like, examines it a little bit more closely. Yeah, but I think for, like, a kid's story this is actually pretty good yeah. you know them showing and they showed some of the complexities of that like you know someone someone had released their galvantula and it was like kind of they called it like feral a feral galvantula that had been that had been um raised by a trainer but then let go and so it didn't really know how to like interact with the world and black ends up catching it and sort of training it which was interesting and kind of goes towards the complexity of like, well, yeah, I mean, in this world, if you just let your Pokemon go that you've known for like 25 years, how are they going to be able to fend for yeah, themselves? Yeah, also, how long do Pokemon live? I don't I don't know. It's a good question, actually. <laughs> do Galvantulas live? Like, do they have a spider's lifespan? <laughs> Probably not. They don't really they get into that. old age. Yeah. There is there is a set of Pokemon cards that shows a Tepig growing into a, um, oh my god, is it Embor? Yeah, yeah. Embor. Tepig growing into an Embor, and it shows its family getting older. It's a very As cute. it evolves. It's really cute. So you can assume that Pokemon can live a pretty long time. I guess they have at least human lifespans, which is like kind of weird. But <laughs> yeah. We took we took a little pup up to the uh, daycare center up in the countryside. No, Something. Pokemon Tower is where they go in Lavender Town. That's right. I remember there's a guy in the... There's a guy in the lobby there, and I, I will remember this line forever because as a kid, this like almost made me cry. It said, "My Growlithe, why did you die?" And I was like, "Wait, Pokemon can die?" <laughs> I was like, when I was like ten years old, that fucked me up. So, yeah. Um, sorry, we kind of kind of got away with the black and white there, but it, it is it is a good little uh, good little series. It is. I would actually keep reading this. I made it. Um... To the end of the third gym battle. Yeah. Likewise. Yeah. And, yeah, and uh, they, I yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, and like the art, I think was was pretty good. I think it was sort of representative of how those characters look in the game. I didn't think it was like fantastic, really, but it was, you know, I, I don't think it looked too, um, 
I, I do think like, I like jarring. I do think like by comparison, I don't have like the two up side by side to compare, but I do remember liking Mato's art mm, yeah. a little bit more. It felt like it had a little bit more character, character. to it. Um, this, yeah. is, this is still good. Yeah. Um, the, the art from Satoshi Yamamoto um, is, it's very good. Um, but it does, it feels a little bit more like corporate. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. right. Cause yeah. Mato's art kind like of, this looked, is, this is a product. It almost looked kind of like sh- shoujo ish or, well, am I, am I thinking of, there was like the tales of Pikachu, the electric tales of Pikachu. Oh, That's no, not that Pokemon Adventures, else, right? Yeah. Okay. No, I know Never what mind. you're talking about. Yeah. Well, yeah. Pokemon Adventures. Yeah. I think it had a little bit more of a distinct style. Yeah. But. So. Uh, any other uh, closing thoughts on this? It's good. Pokemon Black and White. You should play the game. And uh, if you like the game, you should read the manga. Or if you don't have. Or I would probably recommend, you know, since he gets like, you know, kind of ridiculous acquiring Pokemon games on the secondary market mm-hmm. or you don't have the DS or whatever. If for whatever reason you don't have any um, method of playing the games, mm-hmm. then this is probably a, yeah. a good way to kind yeah. of like experience the one interesting Pokemon plot. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it fairly, yeah. it, it pretty much follows the games to a T. Right, besides, as we mentioned, the like character yeah. that were otherwise blank. Right, and it gives everybody a little bit more to do. Like, yeah. I mean, you learn a little bit about um, the different gym leaders and everything, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it does. I. Yeah, I, I mean, for a game that already has quite a bit of plot and, I guess, more character development than other games in some ways, uh, kind of, like, up to that point, um, yeah, Black and White, the manga, does a good job of fleshing that out even more. All right, well, that's it, then. Uh, we'll see you guys next month. Uh, we're going to be shaking things up a little bit. Um, rather than talking about a specific book, um, we're going to talk about the kind of a celebration, a late celebration of our two years being around. Um, and um, we're going to talk about what we did and well, what, what, some, what some of our favorites that we've covered so far have been, mm-hmm. as well as probably like, you know, looking just like, the past year in Shonen Jump um, and other, you know, general year, end of the year type stuff. Yeah. So more beginning of the year by the time it goes live. Yeah. But that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Uh, so we'll be talking to you guys in just a couple weeks. Be sure to tune in and you'll hear from us then. Yeah.